I'd like to take his face. Oh. She call himself ass kick instead. Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat to you? Yes! Am I getting through to you? Hello, 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 and welcome back to We Bought a Nick on We Bought a Mic. It's been too long. I'm Ernest. I am. You've got me waiting 40 minutes so you can make a fuck personal phone call. Hunter. <laughs> so many that you could choose from. I know. I, I was just looking through <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out the right one. Um, it, was a, it was a good one. Yeah. And we're finally getting back to our roots this week mm-hmm. on We Bought a Mic, which is uh, talking about Nick Cage going baloney mode, yeah. going sicko mode. Yeah. <laughs> the Skrillex it, it's, version. It's, it's like uh, it's like playing the hits. This yeah. is like the third. This is the peak of third act of Cage right, right here. Right. It's giving the people what they want. Mm-hmm. And we have a guest on joining us for the first time on the show. Our friend Javi Navarro. Welcome. How's it going? Yes, hello. I'm happy to be here about to talk about Nicolas Cage. I thought I thought we had Javi on. As, Werner. Thank you for coming on. Yes. Mr. Herzog. You gotta get no more problem. coke jaw in there. More like I my name is Harvey. Well, that's not like you Werner. can't he's no Werner. I know, but I'm saying just for the this theme of this movie is just like you have cotton balls all in your mouth yeah. as the podcast goes on. Yeah. Welcome. A um, little more nasal too. Bad Lieutenant Colon, Port of Call, New Orleans. The most ridiculous title ever. Yeah. <laughs> a movie that you chose. A fucking pleasure to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's what's so your experience with, with this movie? It's it's Cage. It's from 2009, directed by Herzog. It is fucking insane bananas. So so when did you first watch this? I watched this movie probably in high school. I think like senior year or so. I had a friend recommend it. And I don't know what I was expecting. But I remember just first time I did not really like this movie, but I, the beginning and the ending always stuck with me. And I remember when you guys first reached out about the Nicks, I immediately thought of Nick Cage chugging vodka and Mandy. So I was like, wow, I have to chase that feeling. So I immediately thought of this movie. Um, but I literally haven't thought about it since then. I don't remember anything else. It was really good to get back into it. It's awesome to hear you say oh. that because that's a great primer for the discussion because this is like basically like we already said, like this is cage caging out in the mm-hmm. bag. Yeah. This is what we'd love to see. It's it's funny how this movie has in the last uh, 10, 12 years, like gained such a huge cult following because this movie is a huge bomb. It cost twenty five million dollars. It made 10. Yeah. Uh, did not even make half of its budget back. But in the time since then, like there's just so many memes and shit like that of this movie. And this movie has reached a cult status that Vampire's Kiss has not for some reason. And in a lot of ways, these movies are very, very similar. Um, Javi, you've not seen Vampire's Kiss, correct? I have not. But uh, it's just, 
it's just thick in the air. When I listen to your guys' episodes, it just permeates every single one. If we had watched this one first, this one would have just been the same way. Like it's <laughs> it's so similar in so many ways. Well, also being like very, What's, very drastically different. What was this version, this movie's version of the hot yogurt scene? Was it just like a like mountain of cocaine? No, um, there's hot yogurt for sure. I mean, there is uh, hot yogurt we'll in this movie, but <laughs> it definitely crack for sure. <laughs> Hot crack. <laughs> What's the hot crack scene? <laughs> All right. So how how do we start? Do we just start at the beginning of the movie? There's so much. Uh, oh, it starts with a bang too. You yeah. just get the snake slithering through the water. Oh, Nick Cage yeah. starting. I saw this with Brett, friend of the pod. Yeah. And he he was like, "Wow, he's already starting at a seven. <laughs> like <laughs> he's talking about naked photos and you know just telling him fuck everybody else." Yeah, $55 underwear on. (laughs) Yeah, he's starting so high. I mean, the movie is asking him to like it starts on on a fucking insane note. It's like during Katrina. Yeah, I think uh, (laughs) it was originally set in L.A., I think, as like all like classic noirs. I could be wrong about that, but somewhere else. And I think like for tax reasons, budget and all, they switched to New Orleans. But, I wonder if that was another reason why it bombed is because this is like Katrina's only three years earlier. Like if it was like a five. little bit too fresh. Uh, it was like trying to forget. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little bit fresh to have a movie where Nick Cage just goes around and uh, fucks with minorities. The whole time. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's that too. <laughs> that part probably um, did not age the best, but <laughs> yeah, we just, do get a hard R from Nick Cage at one point in this the, movie. The thing is, this is... Nick, Nick in his bag is we've come to recognize the pattern at this point, because like if I'm talking top three performances so far, we're getting Castor Troy, uh, Vampire's Kiss, Nick. And then this like you you can't beat it where it, he has to be despicable, like he has to be a disgusting, grimy piece of shit who just yep. like you're yep. not even rooting for him. You just want to watch him yeah. like it's not even like, oh, a villain that you like. You don't even like him like you yeah. just like can't stop watching. I want to know what you guys, because I'd seen it before, so I at least knew he wasn't going to die. But I remember thinking, like, there were, it felt like there were stakes, right? But the stakes the entire time where I'm like, oh, is he going to be okay? Like, is he going to survive? It's like, he's a piece of shit. I could go either way. But yeah, it was I like, think, what is he going to do? Like, what is it? Where is this going? I think that that's the whole momentum of the movie, because the the plot, there's not that much of consequence going on. It's, it's drugs and crime. It's drugs you know? and crime. And then uh, it becomes uncut gems for a little bit, which I very <laughs> much appreciated. Yeah. It just keeps doubling down on stuff and then he gets drug money. He's like, I'm putting the drug money all on this thing. It's <laughs> I was all in on that. <laughs> yeah. But the, you know, the, you get the broad strokes of like the detective noir tale you know, and, and this is a, yeah, this is a slimy guy who's involved with the worst people. Mm. Uh, just all kinds of goons, every other scene. To your point, like the movie starts, well, not like starts, but like very early on it's established the whole pod. This movie is going to be that there's a murder and that's what this is. This is a murder story. And then like around the halfway point, the movie kind of abandons the murder storyline right. for a while. Cause I think that it accurately realizes that, it's more fun just having Nick Cage just be around like sleaze balls and just have him like spiraling downward into madness. <laughs> I think I think he finds out that it's like big fate in like the first half hour or something. So even though it's like a super exhibit. heavy noir, yeah, <laughs> that man, that man exhibit. I thought I thought he was pretty good in the, I thought he was okay. We'll, we'll get to the big hey, exhibits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like <laughs> exhibit in this movie. <laughs> so 
but uh yeah so so the beginning of the movie you get the snake and i also noted the title is the bad lieutenant mm. not bad lieutenant in the movie it's the bad lieutenant so that's mm. how we know it's strictly about nick cage it's, it's not, one it's not about yeah we're not bringing harvey keitel into this we're not bringing any other bad lieutenants yeah who may or may not be around. all of our baggage with uh, a single movie from 1992 that, <laughs> that they decided to uh, use that property for a completely separate and different movie 27 years later. Ernest, did you want to do your thing about the original Bad Lieutenant now? So this is just straight from the Wikipedia article for this movie. But um, there's a section called Abel Ferrara's Reaction, which is the director of the original Jerry's dad. So his reaction to the newer movie. Yeah. Yeah. So he said um, that uh, as far as remakes go, I wish these people die in hell. (laughs) I hope they're all in the same streetcar and it blows up. Okay. So what, how did he feel about it? Well, then guess that his movie is a lot more earnest. Then Mm. Werner Herzog clapped back. Yeah. So Werner Herzog then said, uh, that he did not know who Ferrara even was and said, I have never seen a film by him. <laughs> I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I don't think about you at all. Yeah. Uh, Don, Don Herzog over here. <laughs> I would like to meet the man. And I have a feeling that if we met and talked over a bottle of whiskey, I sh- should add, I think we would straighten everything out. I do. We are allowed to talk shit about Abel Ferrer on this podcast because I did fact check and he is not related to future guests on this podcast, Jerry Ferrara. Um, so I just had to Thank make God. sure before we. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently in 2018 at the Newcastle International Film, Film Festival, uh, Ferrara said that he did eventually meet with Herzog and they made peace. So they settled wow. the beef. Wow, that's good. Beef squash. That's that's great news. I, I don't know if Werner would have been able to carry just, on with his life. Here's the, the whole thing. saga. Yeah. Does anybody know anything about the first Bad Lieutenant? I was Harvey like, Keitel. originally had, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch this before I see this one. I just didn't no. Have time it and, seems entirely disconnected. Budget a million, box office two million. Like I made a profit. It did better, <laughs> but like the it, it, it's so insignificant that the choice to bring back the property is what fascinates me like why what because you hear bad lieutenant port of call new orleans and like a good chunk of the audience is gonna be like oh that sounds like a sequel what's i yeah. i gotta look up the original see if i like need to watch it or whatever it's big time and no it's yeah. also a movie no one saw from 1992 apparently herzog <laughs> wanted to change the title he would like fought the studio on it and he was like we should call this movie something different and they're like no what studio is this um, it looks like this was put out by Millennium Films, Saturn Films, and First Look Studios. So they really thought like, oh, no, we can we can make another like five mil if we put this in the Bad Lieutenant franchise. And they lost money. <laughs> they did not, like, that did not happen. Did they really owe that much to this franchise? Did this franchise invent the concept of a bad cop? <laughs> like, what do you mean like, it, like what do they owe to that it's it's just fascinating how these deals work out like someone made money that did not deserve any money yeah oh i really, I really want to know what Herzog would have called it yeah it would have been something very uh it probably would have been even 
more wordy somehow. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so early, early on in this cage series, one thing that we talked about was the idea of cage throughout his career, uh, making a single movie with a huge director. So we talked David Lynch, we talked Michael Bay, the Coen brothers, Coen brothers. Yeah. So, so he doesn't, he's not part of like the crew that these directors pile yeah. around with. The only like hmm. person who's with him for much of his run is a producer. Yeah. Uh, Bruckheimer. The Bruckman. Yeah. Because yeah. he, G-Force. yeah, because Nick Cage will give you a hit like at a certain, well, not anymore, but like back in the nineties, he would deliver yeah. the, the goods. But like you just didn't want to fucking deal yeah. with him because he is nuts. So now he teams <laughs> with Mr. Werner Herzog. And it's interesting because I kind of would like to see more Herzog <laughs> cage collabs because oh. I feel like this is not even close to the ceiling of <laughs> what so- they could unlock together. It's like the perfect vehicle for the both of them just to like weird out and do their thing. Yeah. I love it. It's so unique in that way. Yeah. Just to be like at once, like very dark and and dreary and disgusting and gritty and, but also like, like slapstick, like silly. (laughs) This is a silly movie. The biggest, the biggest uh, kind of bellwether of, of what could be, I mean, they're both old, so it'll probably never happen, but just the fact that Herzog, made a remake of Nosferatu in 1979. God, what an no untapped way. <laughs> thing. This is Nick Cage was born to play fucking Nosferatu. <laughs> like they could, there's something there. And this movie capitalizes on a lot of it. Um, and, you know, they don't leave much on the table, but I, I think that they, if they made another movie together, man, and they like put more crazy shit into it, it would be a, Stone Cold Master. I just thought about this because you said Nosferatu. How good would Nick Cage be if he had like a multi-episode arc on what we do in the shadows? Oh, oh it would be. That's, <laughs> I just want that right can now. It just it makes. Can we, Taika, if you're listening? Yeah, Jermaine, come on, come why, on. Why isn't he in Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> who would who would he be in Jojo Rabbit? Hitler, the rabbit. Oh, he's wow. Hitler. <laughs> no, he's the kid's friend, the one who can't die. He guys, he shouldn't be in Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Um, Herzog has made a lot of random shit. He has. He's made a lot. He's been all over the fucking place in his lots of yeah, similar to Cage. Like, I knew nothing yeah. about him, and like I knew, I looked him up, and all I could find was like animal documentaries and like a bunch of one second appearances and like the most random things. Yeah, that's like, the thing. He's more of a persona to most people than he is like known for his films yeah. because he is. Uh, constantly around he he's his in any interview featuring him i recommend anyone to look up the way that he he doesn't sound like what i tried to make no the way that you were pretty good but the way that he enunciates and just like the way that he thinks uh like the way his brain works is fascinating like he just has a very bizarre like removed perspective from humanity he's very zoomed out about anything yeah he's very like galaxy brained all the time much like nick cage I I did want to say while we're at this point, not in a specific point of the movie, I don't know how you guys watch it. I know you watched this movie on Peacock, right, mm-hmm. Ernest? Can um, I say something about that real quick? Yeah. Um, do you guys remember uh, when you're watching Disney Channel, how they would be like, uh, hey, my name's Hillary Duff and you're watching Disney Channel. And they would do like the little Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. I need a Nick Cage little bumper of Ooh. him saying, Hey, you're watching 
bad lieutenant on Peacock. 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 Uh, I got um, chills. The real thing is that he needs to do it for Tubi because I watched this movie on Tubi. This yeah. is this is what the streaming service Tubi was born for. Was yeah. for this because it's just it's the perfect feels thing. Right. It, it feels so right. This is like the best version of a Tubi movie that you find on there. In, yeah, it with like with Nick Cage, who's also all fucking over Tubi, anyways. Exactly, <laughs> all his direct direct to Redbox movies. He's in so many, and this is like this movie like wasn't bad. Like I it's loved it. Movie. It's a really good. Um, it's yeah. it's, it's like it's, very just, well done. it's it's almost it's very like it's far better made than Vampire's Kiss. Of course, like it look, it you know it it is well directed. Uh, there's yeah. some there's some choices you that we will talk about <laughs> with the direction, but as a whole, I would it, say it makes sense. Inspired. Our our cast is is way way better. There are some really really great performances. The script is is. For what it is doing, it's doing it very well. There's a lot of really, really great like back and forth dialogue in this. Um, it's just a matter of can you get on board with the fact that he is off the fucking rails and that's all we're watching is him just being off the rails. <laughs> He's a cop. He sucks. We hate him, but we like to watch him. He uh, it's it's much like Vampire's Kiss where like right off the bat, you're like, how is he getting away with anything here? Like, how is he getting away with one of the million things he's doing? Uh, and you just have to shut up. You have to tell your brain to be quiet when you watch this. And then you'll yeah. love it. It's hard. Like sometimes some scenes like Cage will go like full anger. I'll, I'll get like scared for a second because it's hard. When I watch Cage, it's hard to be like, is he like being weird right now? Is this kind of funny? But it's also like, that's kind of intense, man. Like, I don't know where to put this right now. Is it, is it harder for you guys having seen like all these Cage movies? Is it harder for you to like get between characters or is it? Because he's pretty good most of the time. It just like, I guess it depends on the movie too. It does depend on the movie because, well, especially now that we're at like this back part and we only have one movie. Yeah, this is the penultimate, which great penultimate episode. Yeah. Um, But uh, we like, I now kind of know what I'm getting into with going into a Nick Cage movie, even earlier on in that like period between, uh, like where there was wind talkers and some of those movies, you can generally tell, you can tell like within the first 20 minutes or so, whether Nick Cage is actually trying to play this serious or if he is aware that he is a funny person in this movie. Yeah. Well also, also, yeah, that's the thing. There are a lot of the movies we watched during the slump were movies where he shouldn't have been in them. Like the role was just not for this guy. (laughs) Well, the other thing is just the, 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 the trajectory of his career, right? Like there was a, a time where he was genuinely trying to be a more, palatable mainstream sort of movie star yeah and you can't do mm. weird shit when you're you know trying to do that exactly like hollywood told him that he could do anything and so he tried to it's not uh, like why wouldn't you yeah. you know yeah and that's yeah. why it, it, it's so like we skipped out on some movies that are just like bizarre choices like we didn't watch ghost rider you know ghost rider is one of the worst movies i've ever seen <laughs> it is so bad and he's like trying to kind of do the superhero thing in a yeah. very kind of off-putting way, you know, even <laughs> it's pre Iron Man. So it's before like the current era of heroes. Um, by the way, Ava Mendez is in Ghost Rider. Ooh, oh, yeah. this, is, this is a reunion 
of Ghost Rider. So like the team gets back is, together. Yeah. She was just like, there's just something about that Nick. I just want to kiss him some more. I want to give him some more smooches on screen. Yeah, especially when his head's not a flaming skull. Oh man. I like I picture him calling her up being like, hey, listen, I have this role and I need you to be in it. Like, like, you basically just have to like want to fuck me, so it won't be that hard. <laughs> I mentioned this when uh we were watching this, but do you think that this is the widest gap between attractive level between Nick Cage and a romantic partner in any movie that we have covered? So I think far? so because I think that he is he looks like shit. he's never this? looked worse, and also Ava Mendez is eternally <laughs> like as gorgeous as you could possibly I was going to say like, it's the, the nominees are like this uh him and Cher and Moonstruck but the thing is Cher's at least like older and, well, and he's and, and he's young and buff yeah and this one he's just so gross he looks, gross. Like he yeah. looks <laughs> awful <Limping> around <laughs> which fits like at certain points they're putting a lot of makeup on him to look worse because he is strung the fuck out he's like um, constantly like hunchbacked slicking back his oily hair yes. well this Nasty. is another thing that me and Hunter both clocked in this movie that makes it similar to vampires because his physicality changes so much over the course of it his shoulders awesome. just slump more yeah. and more he becomes like fucking like well not he's not he's not a vampire in this because he's so energetic but like it's that he, he has like his presence just starts looming over every scene even if he's standing <laughs> off in the corner you're like why is that man like that hunched over and like yeah. shaking a little bit no i love um, it i love it i love how physical i love any kind of physicality but you can tell, like, Nick Cage just wanted to run wild with that. Mm-hmm. I just love seeing him do him, you know? Well, he's, lim- like, he's really, like, one of the best ever physical performances, not just with his body, but also with his face. Some of the faces mm-hmm. in this are fucking God-tier Nick Cage faces. And, and the camera is, is yeah. playing into it. Werner knows what he's doing. Exactly. <laughs> um, the, the, the limp is set up in the opening scene of the movie mm-hmm. because he fractures his spine trying to save a prisoner from drowning. Uh, Yeah, he gets a medal for it, though. But uh, yeah, it's a great scene. I also wrote down, hey, it's Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah. You got to admit, you got to admit it's Val Kilmer. (laughs) So I have some Val Kilmer thoughts, especially at the end on like what the fuck his character is. Where did did he go for the whole movie? And the last scene we get to him, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, was this entirely improvised by Val? He's just like still the same character from Heat. He must have like- <laughs> just, no, just had like a scene or two cut because this movie's pretty lengthy because like he's yeah. gone for most of this movie. When yeah. we're thinking that he's going to be like the partner in crime. Um, and there's just another partner in some of the well, scenes. I think, that, I think that Kilmer is like a Louisiana local. He's uh, not a cop. Oh, really? No, no I, I know the actor. <laughs> Val Kilmer is a Louisiana local. I I'm looking it up right now. So according to Wikipedia, when you ask where the hell has Val Kilmer been since Batman forever, he was helping people out uh, that were impacted by Katrina. That's not what I saw. And he's, he's also a supporter of Native American affairs and environmental protection. Okay, and he yeah. briefly flirted with ru- running for governor of New Mexico in 2010. Probably good that he decided not that. to. Yeah, because he's not a politician. But <laughs> what does that matter? <laughs> yeah, there's also, been a good track record of actors going to politics. He's also definitely not from Louisiana. He's from LA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. You know, LA, Louisiana. It's like 
Um, oh yeah, you know, law, yeah, no law. law. Yeah. So we're we're starting <laughs> off the movie with budget in our face immediately because there's this whole set that is uh, drenched in water. Yeah, yeah, they they had to flood a set. Katrina. Um, oh five. Um, we're in. Yeah, and there's we're. <laughs> it's 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 a good encapsulation of what we have to come because cage is already insane like like brett said he's already at a seven um kilmer's already going pretty nutso too and then like it's literally you're just watching you're we need to establish that he sucks but not so much that we have to turn it off because it's just so frustrating because he does end up wanting to save him that said though he does suck up until the moment that he jumps in like he is awful (laughs) yeah talk about his 50 dollar underwear his yeah his 55 dollar underwear he's just like yeah if i win this bet then i get to keep this like random person's nude polarized it is a good bit there because it's like this thing is this guy's a scumbag but he ultimately decides to do the right thing to jump in and save this guy and it costs him to try to be a good guy it fucking costs him i like like i i can't pin down his arc because it like starts off he's kind of like a piece of shit but he does the right thing and then he just does like increasingly shittier things. Yeah, like at the end, it's like, I don't know. I just kept thinking, wow, uh, first of all, what the fuck? But <laughs> just at the end, <laughs> you know, it all settles. Well, you get the full like kind of digestion of it. Yeah, we're so like you said, though, the the sparking, the inciting incident is he he like hurts his back jumping into the he water. He gets prescribed Vicodin for it. Yeah. Um, and then he becomes a drug addict. Yeah. Do we he, think that he wasn't a drug addict before? He then? was probably I'm pretty just, sure he was probably like, like, especially seeing him and Val Kilmer's relationship. They were definitely like sneaking blow and he shit. Was, yeah, he was this. just like a drug appreciator. He didn't like completely devolve in six months. Yeah. Like because then, he, you know, he's on blow. He's he's smoking pot. Um, and then we go and we meet Miss Mendez, uh, who is a prostitute that like, but like they're, they're mad chill. Like they, they just like, you know, they're like dating quote unquote. Yeah. I, he's never like that mean to her real uh, quick. Yeah. I want to talk about the first time we see him in the police station. Cause I had to write down Nick Cage's outfit and his stance when he was standing in there. So Nick Cage is in the police station. He has a tan suit with like this disheveled white button up and like tie. That's just all out of place. The gun he has is poked right, right into the front of his body. Like just <laughs> aiming right at his dick. And he just has his hands like in his pockets, but he has them so high like his elbows are arched out like he's a fucking bird i the listeners can't see but i'm like mimicking the fucking the body language that nick cage has that's whenever i knew like okay yeah this movie knows what it is this movie knows how to use nick cage was in that shot what one quick thing about the opening scene is like when he before he jumps he's hand he hands his gun over to val kilmer and you can see he has a holster he has like a standard issue like Glock and he but passes he's a it over. Bad lieutenant, Javi. You gotta yep. remember. You're right. It, the power has to be reflected in the caliber. I know. Too. Yeah, he has yeah. to have a giant fucking Huge revolver barrel. pointing straight at his dick. <laughs> the whole fucking movie. Um it rules. Uh the first time that we see him do coke they play like some very like light playful music that's when i knew that we were going to have some fun here like the, <laughs> it, the music doesn't get dark it gets like do like it, like in the background of community or something 
these are the light parts. <laughs> yeah, and then, that's, but but that's how he feels. Like that's one of the best things about mm-hmm. this movie is that we're like fully in this guy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some moments where that shit blasts off the fucking earth uh, that I really want to get to. But uh, the next thing I wrote down is. Michael Shannon for exclamation mark. Michael, I, I have Michael Shannon with four question marks. I have, holy shit, it's Michael Shannon? I wrote down, is this all that Michael Shannon is going to do? Pretty much. His character's name is Munt. <laughs> Munt. M-U-N-D-T. He's just like, I can't, uh, Terrence, I, I can't I do can't, it anymore, boss. I can't, I can't get anymore for you. They, they put cameras up in there. I can't go. Why is he? Why is he here? <laughs> I've never. I, I can't remember him ever having less authority in like any situation. Yeah, it's just like less. It's in, 2009. It's less this is like 2002 when he like wasn't an established actor or something. Like Michael Shannon yeah. is a guy at 2009. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> again, we might be dealing with uh, scenes being cut because this movie's fat. Like this movie's two hours. That's true. Um, and you know, I'm assuming some shit had to hit the cutting room floor. Uh, incredible hair by Michael in this. I, I it's got to be a wig. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's like a wig of a mullet where it's like almost too, too big to be a mullet because it's yeah. a wig. <laughs> um, well done by them. Uh, can we skip to? I- do you have something else from here? No. Well, I want to talk about the first uh, nominee for a cage moment slash hot yummer scene. No. Well, that that's the the pharmacy scene is also great. That was the line that I quoted at the very beginning. Um, oh, I know what you're about personal to say. call. Um, no. So they go outside of a a bar uh, called I think Gators Reserve or something like that, and he sees uh, a prostitute and a woman and a guy just like walking down the street to their car, and you think like this is before. Before we know how dark Nick Cage is, this mm. is the first sign that we're really getting of it. So you think he's like going to arrest the two of them? And he's like, "You got any, you got you got pipe? Blow that in my mouth." Gets the <laughs> it's a long take. Gets too. the prostitute to cuts. blow crack smoke into his mouth, and then I had to write down this whole <laughs> line that he has. Here he says, go. "Aren't you worried about your father finding out?" No. What about your mother? Did they beat you? Did they molest you? <laughs> Didn't you did buy you clothes for back to school? Didn't see you in the high school play? Wonder what they'd say if they saw you now smoking crack. Oh, <laughs> going out with no panties on. Oh, wonder what they'd think about you. You were a little girl. What went wrong? <laughs> just all while she's, they're both standing and just fucking right there. Yeah. And then, the, then like the guy who he yeah. also has pinned, it just tries to casually walk she's and run like, away. Don't you fucking move. Yeah, he fires you a warning shot. Watch. Yeah. He makes him watch. He's like, watch me fuck your girlfriend. Um, so my, like- my, my note was, Cage cuck some poor fool. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're not. So we're not diving in like in the we're not we're not uh, slowly like creeping toward him being like fully insane and like a wild shit bag. It's more like we're like his unraveling personally like yeah. comes later. But right up front, they're giving us the most despicable thing I've ever seen him do. Almost like it, it's really, really it's such a call to make in the script like like 10 15 minutes in he's gonna go ahead and basically kind of rape <laughs> like oh god okay like we're getting into it immediately afterwards i even played like for like a serious thing he's just like he goes back to even and is like oh i accidentally smoked heroin instead of crack <laughs> wow oh, yeah man. i i kept thinking about that because 
I, you're led to believe that like he probably doesn't really do heroin. So yeah, but then he does exactly. Yeah. So now he's like trapped, mm -hmm. and now he's like high off his ass, and it just like kind of bleeds into every decision that he makes throughout the course yeah. of the movie. More more than anything, this is a movie about back pain. Yeah. <laughs> and and the repercussions it can yeah. have on, don't, a, on an innocent man's don't life. Look, we've all been there, okay, with our bad backs. I have, I have a bad back, and I could see, I don't want this to happen to me, but guys. It's the real horror that's unraveling here. Don't, don't jump Next. off a second story if you can't clearly see where the bottom yeah. is. Yeah. That's that's the real sign about, like, you know, there's signs like don't dive into a pool. Yeah. Like, that's that's what this is for. This is really a warning to all, like, CVS pharmacists out there. Like, just, like, when somebody is there, please get their prescription quickly or else they might go out, mm -hmm. rape a woman, and uh, smoke there. Yeah. yeah, so, well, but speaking toward that, Javi, you said early, like, you were <laughs> you didn't like it, but it just stuck with you the beginning and the end specifically. Mm -hmm. But like if yeah. you're going into this looking for like, you know, trying to actually invest emotionally in the movie, like pretty quickly, you're like, oh, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It's like, wow, is anything good going to happen here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like exclusively bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I went on a huge like noir spree like this past year. So like mostly neo-noir and something I found quickly was a common trend was, well, mostly all of them failed at the box office, but also a lot of cruelty to women, which isn't, uh, which probably also something else that age is kind of bad about this. But I guess like you could say, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but it's also like, I mean, it, women, you get abused often, but I don't know if it's like exploiting it or what have you. It Yeah, that's, that's the general question of the movie is like, is it exploiting this? uh human like massive natural disaster that killed a bunch of people like i it's, it's tough to parse that out because this movie is so silly and insane but um yeah. <laughs> did, did you watch the movie bound watching your neo-noirs i uh, no, i haven't seen bound so that's the wachowskis before the matrix and Ooh. it 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 flips a lot of like the sexist uh you know sort of traditions of noir and just film in general like way on its side because it's it's about a uh a lesbian couple who like sort of like team up to topple oh. yeah yeah to like topple like the mafia it's really really good if you I want something it. that won't leave the worst taste ever yeah. in your mouth <laughs> i i saw like the first 20 minutes with my roommate my roommate is a lesbian and doesn't like watching movies ever so i kind of just put it on because i heard it was a noir about lesbians and she could not <laughs> she was like what am i watching but she's actually watching the whole time <laughs> it's just but the dialogue hits so hard in that movie I just never finished it. I got to hit that. It's uh has anyone did any of us make the joke that it's a true neo noir? Oh. Cuz okay. yeah. Matrix. Yeah, yeah. because it's funny. Wow. <laughs> well, anyway, Take if that not, out, we'll save joke. it for a Yeah, episode. if not cut this and I'm, I'll tweet it or something, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um just curious about your neo noir watch through. Would you consider Nightcrawler a neo noir? Oh, big time. For yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. I think so. It does like it. Neo-noir kind of like you over time, they just threw out a bunch of traditional like noir stables, which is fine because they're all, a lot of them are pretty outdated anyway. So, right. But the I think like cynicism, financial decline, just back against the wall. That's sort of thing. another it's... question. Is this the silliest noir movie? <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> I think that the, one of the other big differences between noir, classic noir and neo-noir is that 
classic noir, we're still supposed to root for the people, even if they are doing horrible things to all these people. Nick Cage, mm. you're never supposed to root for this character. Like he is a despicable person that's made clear very much from the beginning. We aren't supposed to be like, yeah, he's like racist and sexist, but like, I just hope he gets it out of here. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, no, this is an awful person. You do not want. <laughs> yeah. like, if this was a real cop, <laughs> dear God. Well, it's, and that's yet again, it's especially driven home because of the casting choice, because Nick Cage has a villain face. He doesn't look mm. like someone where you're like, man, I really want to like you, man. Yeah. Like you want to hate him in a good way. Yeah. You know, like it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, and when it works, it works. And uh, I'm assuming there was a pivot because I think the script really does want to be very serious. It's by a, like a stock, like very uh, celebrated, like tenured uh, crime TV show writer, like Law and Order guy. Finkelstein. Um, yeah, he's written for so many shows like Law and Order, like The Good Fight, NYPD Blue, shows that involve cops that are way more digestible, but cops that do uh, break the rules to get shit done like all the time and have like flaws. Mm. Uh, so he wrote this thinking like, I'm, I'm going to push the limit of like what's acceptable. You know, at this point we have things like the shield or whatever, like training day 24. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like I'm going to, I'm going to get in on that and like, you know, make something about a really bad cop that you just got to like, you just don't. <laughs> so I think the pivot, like, I would agree with you, Hunter. I think that Herzog and cage both know that that's not what they're trying to do here. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that they know that they're going crazy with it. And that way it's yeah. a vampire's kiss situation where vampire's kiss. If you just look at the script, you're like, this is a bad script because it reads yeah. as being dead serious. But, same, same here. This is pretty standard stuff, really. Yeah. I do like the fact that it is set in New Orleans and that it kind of like really it's very unique. That. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've already brought up the fact of like kind of like the post Katrina of it all. Yeah. Um, but and, and there's a lot of dialogue that I think would be like very good, like law and order dialogue. I like law and order. You know what I mean? Like it's there's it's like good for what it is. It's just they're not acting it to be that. They're yeah. acting it to be yeah. a different thing, it's, which is it's, very fun. It's functional and serviceable because you are kind of jumping around between all these different characters, like all these sleazy people that, that he has to deal with. And you have to care to a certain extent. You have to be invested in like, what is this person doing on screen? What do they want from Cage? Like, what are they, what's the motivation here? So you need, the dialogue is like, serviceable to that point where it's like okay i'm in i'm invested in like what this person wants from cage and what they're going to do about it uh because otherwise it's just like if you didn't have that piece you'd just be waiting around for the next scene where cage just gets to be silly mm -hmm. you know you have to something has to carry you in between those moments because it's not wall to wall loony stuff mm -hmm. there is moments of just kind of like settling down a little bit and just like kind of telling a story some of those just don't work well and part of it's because of the politics of the movie in my opinion like i'm thinking of it's right around this point in the movie but the uh funeral scene that happens where at first i heard down hey this funeral is pretty racist uh, it's like it, this funeral is a little bit racist and i was like oh no scratch that it's very racist like whenever you actually see the family members talking and everything i was like oh not a great look for uh this scene right here <laughs> some of that stuff is anytime that the camera goes off of cage this movie is not as good that's true mm -hmm. um but when the camera's on an alligator and it's strapped to an alligator yeah. as it's yeah. crawling around then it's the gator cam and i love yeah. it well also if it's so much focused joy. mainly on an iguana and then cages right behind yeah. just kind of looking off 
That's when we're that. at our, that's when we're in the bag, baby. I wrote in all caps, the iguanas are singing. So thoughts on the iguana, Javi? <laughs> I, so I, I looked into it a little bit and I watched one of those DP 30 interviews with Werner Herzog and he, he said he insisted on filming those scenes himself which is so awesome. And I, I, that's how I came to find out that you did a lot of animal documentaries. Um, and but they he, just bring me so much joy. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, did so he fun. shoot, did he shoot those shots in the house with the iguanas on his cell phone? <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely a different camera. I, wish I, knew which one was, I mean, <laughs> yes. they, that's why like, it's clearly on purpose. They're not trying to look good. It's just so fucking funny. Cause all the actors yeah. are blocked for a different shot. They're all like, you know what I mean? They're all standing in a way that would make a great shot if the camera is like over there, which it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, we go zoom on iguanas and a song is playing and it's like a full minute of just like cutting to slightly yeah. different shots of like the iguanas. Ones with like their mouths open yeah and then nick cage will occasionally go look at the camera it's incredible yeah. it's like that's a good litmus test for like you watch that and either you're turning it off or you're turning the volume my off. my jaw was completely open my my mouth was as wide as it could get i was like i can't believe this right now this is the greatest thing i've ever seen and then they all just kind of move on they're like ah nick you weirdo at that point though it's like unclear like how much he is hallucinating because i was just like is this like a bit that val kilmer is doing that, like no, there bro. is no iguana and then by the end of the movie you know like no he's just hallucinating yeah. iguanas. But- uh, around this point also is when he uh, reads the poem in the little boy's room uh yeah. incredible reading by cage another like very thoughtful pensive moment involving an animal uh right around there where he's like my friend is a fish he live in my room his fin is a cloud he see me when i sleep <laughs> and and the music in that scene is so it's so like lullaby like uh very atmospheric like it's very sweet you know yeah and then we get like hard zooms just like close-ups of this fish swimming around in a glass like i I love herzog i want i need to see more of his movies yeah that was great that was great (laughs) another cage touch that i fucking love is because we're introduced like okay these are the big three criminals that we have to get and they're like this is big fate um uh i can't remember the second one and then uh uh, Gary Jenkins, street name G. <laughs> and every time he says G, he laughs like that's the most ludicrous nickname ever. It's like the one that makes the most sense. You love it so much. <laughs> it brings him joy. You I can just think tell. Without any other info, you could you could figure out whether or not it's going to be a good cage movie if you just uh, learn how hard he laughs in it. Yeah, <laughs> any movie where he really laughs like super hard is a good performance by him. Yeah. He's bugging you get, out. You get a Weezer towards the end. <laughs> yeah. um, the next little chunk of the movie is when he has to uh, oversee this witness of this murder, um, and he gets Cage gets high out of his mind at Dude, this casino. The first scene where we meet that kid and they're like in the retirement home and everything else. And they're like, you have to tell me where your son is right now. And he, dude just like opens up the window and just comes in. I was <laughs> the most wild shot. I was yeah. like, the fuck are they like, I'm like, they're on like the second or third floor of this place. This guy was just like chilling. Just <laughs> He's like, like, no, it's okay. Grandma. It's okay. Grandma. <laughs> first song, I noticed this because, uh, we were we were rewatching a bit a chunk of the movie right before we recorded, and I noticed this thing that Herzog does, where he creates a uh, 
this this magical realism almost with some of his blocking and and the shot structure where like it services the reality of the movie but it w- it's not something that would actually happen in real life so like that's an example of like that guy climbing through the window like that's not that would never happen in real life but it's funny in the movie and it's a thing you can only do in a movie well, to have that uh, that character just appear like that into the frame. Let, let me let me defend it though as like a legitimate thing that could happen. It looks really funny, like just the way that he comes <laughs> into frame is hilarious. I think that the implication is he he obviously snuck out that window knowing cops were there, and then he's listening to the conversation from outside the window, and you're he's totally like, "All right, right, you know what? I'm going to get back in there. Yeah, this you're is too much. You're but totally right." The yeah. thing is, you can't see it in that shot, but in the second time we return to the retirement home, they're in the same room in the background of the hallway. You can see stairs leading downward, meaning that they are on an elevated floor. So he's just like clinging to, to the outside. Like I better <laughs> get back in. There. He's like, actually, I'm just tired. I can't hold this anymore. The the other thing I was alluding to, though, is this moment much later in the movie where they're in the police station and uh, Cage is sitting at his desk talking to somebody. And there's three moments where as soon as he's done talking to that person, they walk off frame and a new person immediately walks in the frame. It's like starts talking. It's almost like television. Where they where they have to move things along so quickly that it's just like whoever comes in the precinct, like be quick, and then someone goes, and then someone right next up, like it it operates like a Law and Order, just like more spastic. Yeah, if Nick yeah. Cage were in Law and Order, this would be it. But it's <laughs> it's there's a cinematic quality to it. Because yeah, you're not cutting around to a bunch of different setups. You're like in the same shot, and the camera's just kind of fluidly yeah. going from yeah. each. I, I will say. I, I liked how many steady shots, how many long shots there were. Yeah. Because, it. yeah, it's like you can really, because I didn't even notice it at first. But like on my second rewatch, I was like, wow, that was a long take. Or like, yeah, yeah that was a nice shot. Like the pharmacy shot, like you can tell immediately what he's doing there. Yeah. He's just like, you see it's a pharmacy. You see he's waiting. Or like uh, there's one surveillance scene, like right, uh, right before the lizard scene. And it shows like Val Kilmer looking at his binoculars. Like, and then it shows them through the window and pans over to the house they're looking at. And it's like, got it. They're in yeah. surveillance. They're watching this house. Yeah. It's, it does a good job of, yeah. Like good, good establishing. And then also just, he's like good filmmaking. Like it does have a flow to it. Like you said, like it, it feels solid. It's, it's silly and stupid, but like uh, if it were poorly directed, this would be harder to stomach as like, yeah. even as like a fun watch. Yeah. Um. Which is why Vampire's Kiss is so like unhinged. Yeah. Although I will say I love the shit out of that movie yeah. so much. But it that movie is it has less um expectation on it. Like yeah. that movie had no one of note in it except for Cage, who really wasn't super notable. Mm-hmm. Like there there was nothing attached. This we have Hertzong and Cage and Kilmer and like a ton of like decently regarded uh you know, people who showed up for a week or a day. day Speaking players. of can we talk about Shea Wiggum? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Whoa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big mistake. Whoa. We always love to yeah. see Shay Wiggum. He's he's doing uh, Taron Killam's impression of Brad Pitt, where he just he talks in like quick little phrases from action movies. He's he's one of those guys that like I uh, I always love to see him, but I'm always a little disappointed that he's not like more 
of a guy. Yeah, he's like such a delight every time he's in something, yeah. but it just he is. It's always get... he gets way too many like throwaway parts. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you know he's not gonna star. <laughs> he <could>. Dude, he <laughs> could talent wise, but he couldn't like casting wise. Dude, uh, he's one of the main people in uh, Homecoming season one on uh, yeah he's on Amazon incredible Prime. Incredible. Have you have you seen that hobby with Julia Roberts? No, I've heard I've heard it's really good though. I have hey, not seen it's it. It's fantastic. Uh, he's yeah. really good in it. Guess where he's from? Tallahassee, Florida. Wiggle? What? Well, where he was born and then they moved to Lake Mary. What he was Whoa. Yeah. Damn. On the yeah, show, look at show, that. Right? A tally boy. Was... See, I thought that we only ever produced Creed and Mayday Parade. Mm-hmm. And oh. Buster Bluth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, dude, our boy, Tony um, Hale. But oh, dude, yeah. come on. I can't forget. Sorry. The thing is, because, yeah, I I had to ask Ernie earlier because I I had a brain fart on the word day player because I was very, very impressed with like the general casting of this, how people Mm -hmm. come in for a single scene and they're doing very well. Uh, Most of them are playing it straight. They're not playing it cartoonish. Mm -hmm which they need to, because if everyone's being silly, then it's just, you know, it's like a zany comedy. It doesn't work yeah. as well. Um, Shay Wiggum though comes in and effort effortlessly matches the exact vibe of cage. Yeah. And it really <laughs> blew me away because to come in for that little amount of time and fully understand the movie is, is mind blowing. That's a great point. I love that. It's true though. <laughs> He's so good. I love how many oh yes, how he uses it to communicate so many different things. Yeah, the inflection. It's like I am Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Move a step aside then. Let Shay take this one. Can I ask you all something? Does Jennifer Coolidge look like Patricia Arquette in this movie? <laughs> mm. I could have sworn it was her. No. no, I knew it was Jennifer Coolidge right away, but no, Maybe I, I don't. Glance. I think you're being racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, she rocks in this movie. Yeah, she's she's really it's good. It's a tragic character. It's so it's so ingrained. Like she's, it, I I want to call it method without sounding corny. Like she is, she's in that role of just like. You know, like a, she didn't ask for this. You yeah, know? just like a beaten down like stepmom who's addicted to beer. <laughs> yeah, just it's hooked like on can, just, beers. There, there's something like when you can tell there's like something else going on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not she's not just like acting, but I, I remember thinking like the one scene where she's arguing with Eva Mendez. I really liked it, and she like pours out the coke and everything. She's just kind of like almost monotone, like as if she's like already like super messed up. Yeah, yeah it, it. it almost beer, mm. it borderline <laughs> kind of reminded me of Jennifer Jason Lee in Good Time. Mm. Yes, that's yeah. that's closer than Patricia yeah, Arquette, just a sure. little. She's more emotional in Good Time, but like it's just a fucking killer performance. Um, more memorable to me than uh, his dad was. Who played his dad? Uh, it's a that guy. Yeah. There's a lot of that guys. In this yeah, movie. there's so many. I mean, I feel like for most people, Shea Wiggum is that guy. Yeah. Um, I I really want to talk about. You already brought it up, Hunter, but the the little old lady uh, that he's trying to get her um, nurse to give information. He fucking threatens the shit out of this poor woman. I, Dude, yep. he takes her fucking oxygen from her. And then if that isn't enough, he also points a gun at the other woman. Just unhinged, well, man. This Holy is fuck. This is one of the his first like true manic outbursts when he like the things he's saying to them when he does that. And he like points the gun. Like 
the the way that he's speaking is too good like it's like genuinely incredible manic acting like the, yeah. it, he's delivering lines so quickly i don't think they were in the script personally like i think he's really just off dome playing toward the emotion of the character oh yeah there, there was like cage uh i think when they premiered the movie i forget where it was there's this video on youtube it was at venice it premiered at the venice film festival like a prestigious film festival oh, and then it- <laughs> that's awesome i don't there there's like this video i don't know if it was from venice but they were at the theater answering some questions and they're they're talking about like how much improv there was or something and uh nicholas oh, was talking about it and uh i remember him saying like at the end like uh some lines like uh the that scene and this country's going down the toilet i don't know where that came mm. from and he just kind of like said that jokingly i'm like I, I fucking knew it it just feels too like not you know it just feels just too, keeps going and going it, with it. it feels too natural and he's good but he's not good enough to make lines feel that off the cuff like right. he yeah. he is good enough to make them up which is even harder yeah. Yeah. Like has the gun out puts it away takes it back out gets yeah. angrier you know it's <laughs> just such a ride and i just i was like held my breath for a second and after it was over i just was uncomfortably giggling i was like that was awesome <laughs> like, you know? yeah. his energy like th- this is one of the best things about doing this series is that like when we get moments like this it's like i don't think anybody else could have that energy in a scene yeah it's gonna be tough to re-cage and couch for this one because it's it's hard Rhea, to think of anybody else who can you like mean, match his level you mean re-cage and couch Oh, nice. So I'm gonna nominate. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. I'm gonna um, nominate to recast a big old crawdaddy. <laughs> Going back to Werner though, uh, and like just fucking shots in this movie. The Biloxi tracking shots whenever they're in the Biloxi Ooh. casino, yeah. just so it. gorgeous. It it scratched a gambler itch in mm. me that I was like, I could just run away to also, fucking Biloxi and gamble it all. Like I said earlier. <laughs> The, um, I have a problem. <laughs> I have a sick problem. The fact that yes. you're in his uh, perspective <laughs> and you feel like you're high on some crack or something walking yeah. around this casino. It's That's something. Mean? I don't know. It was something with the lighting or something, but like some of the neon, like it has that kind of like fading effect yeah. where it just seems kind of fuzzy a little bit, the background and everything. I don't know if it was a lens that they put on or some of the backup lighting, yeah. but it was it mm. just so well done. Um, that scene more than any other i was just right there you know and there's like no dialogue or anything it's cage you get that one close-up of him like freaking out like where is this kid and it's like kind of garbage like you don't know where he is like they probably killed him yeah it's scary like you think that that kid is like just straight up dead like this poor child living on his heels yeah (laughs) yeah he does such a good job of acting fucked up Mm -hmm. like you can buy that this guy did some crack or something because when he goes up to the the bartender or the dealer whoever that guy was and asked him about the bathroom like that little interaction you're just like he's out of his mind yeah like you can tell he is on something on something um and we don't you know we don't know how method cage got for this role we don't know but we like to think i don't want to i i genuinely because i think people use that as a way to take away from the fact that he's actually talented because like a lot of people just cannot believe that he's good at anything at all like they're like no well yeah he was fucked up that's why he seemed fucked up i think but then the performance would have been bad because he would have been fucked up yeah that's not that's not how it goes typically it's like it's like eric andre always says like people are like how much shit are you on when you're feeling he's like sober as fuck you got 
gotta, you gotta perform. Well, the thing is, so it's like uh, Nick Cage. It was a thing whenever um, first performance in Leaving Las Vegas, um, where he plays uh, al- like a crippling, crippling alcoholic, like one who's like actually just poisoning his body. That he was never fucked up on stage or on screen, but he would get really drunk and then film himself. So he would be like, okay, now I can act based oh. on my performances. <laughs> like I know that I'm oh, paying awesome. it genuine how I would. Did he smoke heroin and then film himself? <laughs> I maybe not heroin. He definitely did crack and just to see like how he would react. Okay, I was no. just like, all right, this napping. is how my body needs to shake. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about his accent? Because uh, during the first half of this Coach movie, Jaw. there is no real discernible it's, accent. Yeah, and it's well, it's not even just Coke Jaw. It's the fact that he's on pills too, and and heroin and everything else. But like, it's pills mm. combined with uppers. Like, you lose yeah. the ability you're, to you're move your face. It's like the yeah. fucking Quaalude scene in Wolf of Wall Street, where it's just yeah. mush is coming out of his mouth at certain. Yeah, points. because there's no New Orleans accent whatsoever, as far as I could track. No, like, no, no. not really. Like, there's a bit of a there's like a bit of a swing to like what he's doing, but it's not like it's not Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Louisiana has it's, a very distinctive accent, and most people in this are not doing it. Yeah, that's actually that's a sort of thing uh, that Brett caught on to too. I, I didn't even notice. Maybe like some of the extras, but most of the people like starring in the movie, like no accent. I kind of that kind of like nailed down for me that like New Orleans is probably an afterthought, even though like in this movie, <laughs> I mean it fits so well. Herzog makes great use of it, but yeah, you're probably right that like preparation wise for like the actors, Herzog wasn't like you have to it's, nail this it's accent. It's also down. really fucking hard to do an accent. And like we talked about this whenever uh Chernobyl came out a couple years ago, where it was mm-hmm. like, thank God these are just British people and they're just talking normally. They aren't trying to do a Russian accent with everything because make it worse. Nothing is worse than like a horrible accent. Like a horrible accent will immediately take me out of whatever movie, especially if it's serious. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just like, yeah, just fucking talk normally. Like I I don't I would rather hear you just talk and it not be authentic to the area than give wow. something like an insultingly yeah. bad accent. So you're yeah. saying people from New Orleans don't talk normally? No, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying like an LA, like a California heart of middle America accent or a Nick Cage's California accent. Like heart a, of middle America. <laughs> yeah. This is this is well, fucked. I'm including Ernie Hawaii. I'm I'm inclusive and I think Hawaii. Is, is, the, is in the Midwest. Yeah, no, Hawaii is in the West, and that puts California in the middle of the country. I'm talking like California, Heartland. middle of America. And then I was also going to say, like, I'm saying, talk where you're fucking, like, your native accent is from. Nick Cage, a little Pennsylvanian comes out in here and there. So then we get to the uh, uncut gems part of the movie where he has to extort a football player by yes, uh, saying that he's going to basically uh, arrest him if uh he doesn't throw the game and it's is this the university of louisiana hunter so it's supposed to be lsu but they didn't get the right yeah so it's because they're playing like arkansas and texas like they're playing a big game but he's but they're just calling that team louisiana which is not what they call lsu in louisiana my question is for you drew who do you think this this running back is based on do we think it's like stephen ridley from he was a running back at LSU at the time. Who who is the who is this? No, because this, this is like a be? fucking stud. This guy like carries that whole damn team. So I'm thinking it's more like not from LSU, but like Adrian Peterson level. 
Like it's a guy who is going to win the game if was, he's in there. When was Lenny Forns? No, Lenny Forns is later than that. Um, very important question though. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think about it for a second, and I was I, like, "This is." Whenever why I, I saw him, because I didn't recognize the guy, I was like, "Is that actually a football player? Did they just get a football player to play yeah. this role?" He looked. He looked like young Shaq. He did. <laughs> if you ever look at young yeah. Shaq. Like I know nothing Shaq. about sports, but I was watching it and I was like, oh, well, they got Ronaldo Harris. <laughs> maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's Joseph Adai. <laughs> Joseph Adai was there in 2005. He was a stud. He's not Joseph Adai. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, let's talk about the, one of the greatest scenes I, I've ever seen in my life. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, um, I... You know, no, I'll save it. I'll save it for when we get to cage moments because there is an uncut gems moment scene in here uh, earlier on in the film that I fucking love so much. The greatest scene, one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in my life. Cage goes to Exhibit's house and smokes crack with him. X to the Z bit bit. And uh, <laughs> then uh, th- that's a whole moment there when he's hitting the pipe and he's just going off. Yeah. About okay. uh Easy, easy, easy. I'm not easy. E. I just so you guys, if you guys want me to do it, I wrote down almost all of the dialogue from Nick Cage in the uh, scene because I just yes. could not stop with His, how great it, it is. is. It's some of the best acting I've seen in my whole life. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's you. Everyone thinks I'm joking. That's listening to this. I'm not joking because like, how else would you want to play it? Do you want to make it sad? No, just be crazy. <laughs> be over the top. This is the best crazy I've ever seen anyone be. It's it's cage. Uh, This scene is cage like basically like flexing on everybody and Mm -hmm. letting you know, like, look what I'm capable of. Look what I just don't ever do enough because y'all aren't ready for it because y'all can't handle it because they wouldn't let me do cocaine in National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. (laughs) So you guys don't you guys forgot, didn't you? Yeah. It is, and I think it's also a little, it's got probably like a little bit of a sentimental tinge because it's like he hasn't been this crazy in, in a very long time. And so it's, it's, I think it's also him being like, let me tap into some of my roots a little bit. Let me like go back to my younger self and recapture that. The real question is, did he improvise saying the N word in this scene? Yeah, <laughs> That is the real question. <laughs> I was watching TV, the game, right? When Ronaldo Hayes, he got tossed the ball. He was running, 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 running. <laughs> he sprouted antlers like a gazelle in midair. Ah. He landed again, ran, 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 scored a touchdown. <laughs> it's uh, and also the, honestly the way that Exhibit and his boys are reacting is pretty good Dude, too. Exhibit, yeah. I think yeah. Exhibit's good in this movie. Yeah, because Genuinely. what else can you do but just kind of like be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and like there's like some like the scene with him where he's trying to pitch him on riverfront property uh which wonder if that spot how that property is doing right now um where they filmed that maybe, um, maybe put up a little restaurant put up a little condo Be- yeah airbnb a little crawfish restaurant um <laughs> probably just having an honest like he's living. but exhibits like good in those scenes like he can kind of Care because it's like set up in most other movies the exhibit character would be the wild one he would be the one who's just like he would be uh fucking like breaking bad shit like think about just like uh be, yeah yeah yeah, Tuco, Tuco, yeah just like, yeah. like oh geez this guy's the real crazy one yeah i, I think that's what it is because like i was expecting him like to be the kingpin like the big bad and everything 
but I guess the whole point is like that's in the cage. Like yeah, <laughs> cages. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say, are you saying that you you sort of weren't as into exhibit because I wasn't crazy into like him in particular. Also. I I mean I like. I was expecting him to be like a little scarier, I guess, but he is good in the scenes where he's like just reacting to Nick Cage. And he's like, dude, this guy is crazy. <laughs> like I love those scenes. I just, those yeah. I, I think more than anything, it's really hard to take a guy who hasn't done a ton of acting and then put him opposite a guy who is doing a lot of stuff that is not on the page. Yeah. And he has to be able to go with the flow while also saying his lines. Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's one of the hardest things you can do as an actor. Um, so there's certain points where you can tell that he's, he's trying to keep up and he kind of can't because yeah. who could, yeah, no, literally name me anybody else who can't, you need like a professional improviser, like to actually be able to keep up yeah. with him. Recaging couch exhibit, um, uh, Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> um, canceled. That's never not, mind. That's not the end of this scene, though, is not just him being manic. Dude, and cause this, then it gets so much. The sleaze bags show up. Uh, Shay Wiggum's like uncle, I think, is that guy. Like he pops up just in there, just bounces into Exhibit's house and everything. We and get a this shootout. Incredible Tarantino-esque style just shootout with a harmonica Brutal. in the background. Yeah. Just riffing. Awesome. Riffing. And then <laughs> the cameras on on all our boys with their guns that just like annihilated these group of intruders. And Cage says shoot him again his soul's still dancing <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and then cut to a body double of the dead body that's not, on the ground not cut it slowly mm. pan yeah over to the body so, yeah body is still on the ground in foreground out of focus background in focus break dancer break dancer <laughs> soul's still dancing and like the, you know we hold for a while we get yeah. multiple shots of it we're just watching the break dancer and the harmonica still riffing yeah like when it comes into the scene yes <laughs> we him again and then yeah the soul body hits the floor the second body hits the floor and the iguana just comes crawling and out. we get awesome. multiple close-ups of nick cage's face watching this happen oh my god they're so, so good. good it is so, perfect when i when i said that the ending is stuck with me it was that scene it's like not the very ending but i remember that's the part that stuck with me forever it's in like it's shoot amazing. him again and then just like losing it <laughs> like, yeah. if i if i saw that in high school i don't know where i'd be right now <laughs> It'd be new orleans dude you would do coke and be like why am i not seeing iguanas i'd be like a, <laughs> coke, a coke and lizard guy which is the type of guy very much i don't i don't know if you guys have been to new orleans but did this make you want to go <laughs> we went a couple of years ago and it was lit. I have not nice. been to New Orleans since 2004 pre-Katrina. Wow. So I need to go back. And also I was a child then. So yeah. Well, you know, you were there checking out the weather control machines, making yeah. sure they were no, going to work. Buying I'll never forget. For I everybody. went there. So I was like, I was nine uh, whenever I went to New Orleans and uh, I got yelled at by my grandma because, you know, how they have the little peepholes that you can look in. I was like going around to the different spots with my cousins and looking through all the peepholes, <laughs> little horn, dog. which is, I think, illegal because um, <laughs> I was a child. But, Nasty you know, little boy. <laughs> it's a horny little boy. Pro Pro tip for anybody that plans to visit New Orleans. Uh, Bourbon Street smells like pee all the time. And it's because of the pee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You got to go to pee everywhere. You got to go to, uh, I think it's called French Street. Frenchman, yeah. Frenchman Street. 
It's just a little ways north, the, and the that's French where it's at. That's where the art is good. That's where the bar is good. Cafe is. It's Cafe Dumont off of Bourbon. Uh, it's in the French Quarter. Cafe Dumont. Hey, guess what? Cafe Beignet better yeah i don't give a fuck yeah um oh, Dumont, the damn. wait for the uh yeah too long it's ridiculous beignets you take a picture looks like it's from anywhere it doesn't have to be from Dumont. There's, yeah. don't get that clout but, um, <laughs> anyway, i was though, all about that clout whenever i was nine frenchman street though you can you don't have to pay to see jazz there's people literally just playing on the street yeah. everywhere well, and they also are like more talented than anyone you've ever met like they're literally. so good anyway though uh I think because we don't get a ton of like that type of New Orleans stuff in this. I think mm. the movie does a really, really good job of showing what it's like elsewhere in Louisiana. Yeah. Like slightly outside New Orleans, Biloxi, like in, in southern Mississippi like that, because I, I visited Baton Rouge a couple of years ago and it's it's like that. It's fucking awful. Like it's <laughs> like not. No, not in like a mean way, like to the people, there. the people that are very nice, but like. Uh, it's the circumstances. Yeah. The, the, the way that government works in uh, Louisiana is among the most corrupted and useless of any state in the United States, obviously. Like, so it's just, it's an, uh, class, like a caste system society where you have mansions lined up right next to trailers. Like it's, it's really brutal. They also notably have the worst infrastructure of any state in the country because not only because it's like they're in a spot of where like half of their state is underwater, but also because uh, back in the day, whenever uh, states raised the legal drinking age to 21, um, the federal government like incentivized states to do it because that's a state policy. It's not like a countrywide policy, but um, state the federal government incentivized and said, hey, we'll give you like X millions amount of money to put towards your infrastructure for years. And Louisiana for like, decades went on and being like you can still drink here when you're 18 that'll be our selling point that's how we'll get more people to come here and then they just that did not work it's yeah the infrastructure sucks the roads are so hard to drive on uh it has the worst education of any state like the worst literacy rate it's it's just it's really brutal over there um big recommend you gotta visit um (laughs) i i I will say uh david simon who uh, you know, created the wires. One of my favorite shows ever did the show Treme about new Orleans and yes. the aftermath of Katrina. How is and, that? I'm assuming, um, I've seen the first season. Uh, it's really good. I think the one character I was pulling for, uh, doesn't, it kind of has a very, uh, sad and like terrible end. I think it's kind of like left up in the air. So I haven't watched the second season. Same thing happened with me at game of Thrones. I'm very, I'm a so- total softy. So, <laughs> Um, I but, mean, how uh, does the season stack up to like season one of like The Wire? Sean Bean's though? dead. <laughs> like season one of The Wire is great, um, but it's more like season one of The Wire is like more thrilling because there's like more at stake. Terme is more like a slow burn, more personal stories. Vibe. Yeah, exactly. But uh, from what David Simon says, like if you ask anybody in New Orleans, if you say it was a natural disaster, what happened? Like they would say like either fuck you or they wouldn't buy it. It's all the like Katrina hardly touched New Orleans. It like had such a terrible event because the levees broke. Yep. And that was all infrastructure, like That's, you guys were saying. Yeah. And it's so just true. like the narrative is like, oh, well, it's, you know, what are you going to do? That stuff happens. When in reality, it's, oh, we've very fixed. Kind of been getting screwed. Yeah. yeah. And the sad thing is that uh, there's more and more cities around the country at risk of events like that. 
like I always bring up how Miami is having to pump water out of their city. So expensive too. It's crazy. Have you guys ever seen when the levees broke the two part spike Lee? No doc or what? Mm -mm. Um, I've always wanted to check it out. I think it's on HBO max, Mm. uh, but yeah, you might check that one out. If yeah, if you check that out or Tremaine, you might get a slightly more nuanced take on hurricane Katrina than we (laughs) got more nuanced (laughs) take on like, uh, people of color, maybe. Um, I was, I was going to say that, that I really want to watch Tremaine. That's like high up on my, on my watch list. Cause I, I love the wire. I haven't seen all of the wire, but what I have seen is incredible. And I watched all of the deuce, which is also Ooh, David Simon. The killer. deuce is so fucking good. It's I have so, to finish so the deuce. I've finished the deuce and Tremay. The wire. Meanwhile, I've seen five times. I just finished another rewatch of it. <laughs> just keep, just keep going. Another, yeah, it's like, all right. I go, I go on all my streaming services. And I'm like, all right, let's start. Let's, you know, let's try this out. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, the wire is so much better, man. <laughs> well, I did leave off like right in the middle of season two. So I got to finish that now. And, all right, categories. Well, at the very end, we have to. Discuss. Yeah, talk about how everything just works out just fucking cheeky for Nick Cage. It's, in the end. Well, it's it's interesting because it's an ending. It's fun if this were a movie that established him as a human being. Like then, I, then it would. I feel like it would have more payoff. It's like, like cartoonish. The ending. Yeah, like he, how he runs into resolves. the kid who he rescued at the beginning, and the kid's like room service. Oh the wrong room again <laughs> you know when you order room service and they just come right in and just like chill just like stick around for a little while like, yeah, oh, yeah. um but even before that we get the shot of him in the police station where it's just like <laughs> wiggum is just there just like yeah yeah man if there's any issue like it's squash, man. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and oh, then yeah. as he walks off, uh, fucking the bookie comes back on here. He's just like, yeah, I didn't watch the game. Louisiana won by three. Yeah, he just gives us a stack of money and then leaves. Like, <laughs> what is this? Uh, this entire police station is just the most corrupt shit ever because they know that all, like nobody raises a single eyebrow that all of this is happening. Well, again, it's a vampire's kiss thing. It's the, <laughs> his publishing office. He is doing the worst harassment ever done, and they're all like, ha. ha, ha. On my on my second watch through, I wanted to see because I just watched it again like today, and uh, I noticed more like just paying attention to like his like coworkers like faces when he's doing shit, and Armand his like sits right next to him. Yes, kind of looks like up it. when he's about to give money to when he's about to get the money from the bookie. Shout out to Brad Dorif, by the way, or Dorif, oh, yep. however you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, Edward. He's really good in that show. Um, yeah, he, that's the one character where like, you're almost waiting for him to flip on cage because he clearly doesn't like what cage is doing. He's clocking all of it. Like whenever, whenever cage is insanely strung out and he tells him about, Oh yeah. Exhibit. I think he may have left a crack pipe, like right by the kid's bed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you have another vision. Like he, he knows he's involved, you know, like, but he just never does anything. (laughs) There's that other moment that one lady like looks at him when he's turning in the, the evidence, uh, the, it's like uh, a Coke or something. Yeah. And they're they, like, was the this, weight of it. Is this it? Yeah. I she's, thought there was more of it than this. Yeah. She's <laughs> looking at him. She's like, you motherfucker up to your uh, shit knows. again. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> the pigs in Louisiana probably do suck this bad. Like, yeah, it's, it's the most, it's the worst, most racist state. So they like, they really did. Man. Like when Katrina happened, like a lot of them left their posts. But one of the opening lines is, uh, "Whoever whatsoever left in a Cadillac off the lot." Like that should happen. Like people, wow. they looted and stole and like were off the job. They just did whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. So 
Damn. They joined Chris Kyle uh, sniping looters from the roof of the Superdome, (laughs) as he says he did. Um, And then we finally get the return of Val Kilmer after he has been gone for the last hour and a half of this movie. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Val Kilmer is still in this movie. (laughs) Pops back up. And this is the scene where I was talking about with Val Kilmer, where it's just like, like what is he also crooked because we just did not get enough scenes with him to know that he's, he's crooked. Like, let's just let's mm. fucking kill him now. Let's <laughs> let's act like he reached for the gun that will kill him. And it's like, whoa, no. Val, bring it <laughs> well, fucking back a step. Like, just he, take a beat. It's just weird that they expect us to remember everything about him because we do establish how fucked he is. Like Cage is l- more <laughs> good hearted than him in that scene somehow. Um, so like he sucks. But like yeah. then he, he's just back and he sucks even more. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess he was just like perfectly willing to just like watch the dude just drown in his jail cell. It's just, it's yeah. just odd. Um, it's odd that why he's there at all. Um, you, there are no notes in this movie, like the classic studio note of like, maybe you combine these two characters. They didn't combine any two characters in this movie. <laughs> like There yeah, is a character for every situation. Like, I don't know movie. that he even had a, a real partner. Because he was with a bunch of different guys. Yeah, just, he just he just hitches rides. He's a fucking hitchhiker. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I said at the beginning. Like that's the momentum that the movie has. Is he, he's just kind of going from situation to situation. Like the plot she, she, is very much secondary to it all. Like you mm-hmm. don't really have that much invested in the machinations of like the investigation. Uh, maybe you're invested a little bit into like him owing money to so and so, but it's really just about like him bouncing from interaction to interaction and just being fucking crazy. Mm. And all these characters that fill out the, the extended cast, they all, even though there's a lot of them, maybe too many of them, they all have something that makes them like, kind yeah, of, they serve a purpose. Yeah. Stick out from mm-hmm. each other. They're not pointless characters. There's just so many. And then, uh, so then the very, very end, uh, <laughs> the end of uh, cage says to this man that he rescued, do you think the fish can dream? Isn't that what he says? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do fish have dreams? Um, and then they hard cut to them at a, an aquarium that's open, however the fuck late it is. <laughs> what do we think sweet. about this final shot? What what did you make of it, Javi? Because I feel like there's multiple readings of what's happening here because we clearly have a cage who wants people to think that he's sober now with his <laughs> seltzer water, but he's clearly not because he's doing heroin in the hotel room. And mm, we have this pull. guy who he saved and who says he's clean now. And they're both sitting there together at the aquarium. What, what do you make of this? What, what is going on here? Uh, the first thing that stands out to me is also the song, which I guess like also is, I think it's just like a guitar and a harmonica and just the slow zoom in. But he's like, well, he's like laughing about it, right? Just like how yeah, funny he starts is laughing it? at the end. Yeah, Cage is definitely high. Yeah, no, is he? <laughs> he no, still I, has that. I think that the whole end of this movie is setting up for a sequel that just could not get made because this movie the was a huge bomb. Bad Captain. <laughs> so what? That's true. Worst Captain. Would it be? Would it be? Would it continue the thread? So. Would it be a technically a part three if you're counting this as a part two or? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Maybe we have to wait another like 25 years. To well, see if the first this. bad lieutenant was in New York and now this one goes to New Orleans, I maybe can't wait you for... do what every good sequel does. Mm-hmm. You go to Europe. Yeah, you Ooh. go to Europe and we'll do it 25 years later and Timothy Chalamet will play the lead. There you go. That's it. Uh... <laughs> 
I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> Let's get some page stories, boys. So uh, we want to close every episode with running through the best quote, the best moment, and a bunch of other cage gories. So best quote. I have a bunch of these written down for uh, for line and for scene scene. I have more of them for uh, best quote. I have the one that I opened with. You've got me waiting 40 minutes so you can make a fuck personal phone call. That's the pharmacy. Yeah, that's the pharmacy. Great one. That's that's a great one. Um, Next up, I have uh, a we don't hit women down south. (laughs) and <laughs> just made me laugh his delivery like because it happens at a point where like he's already done all this stuff and it's like this is where he morally draws the line is that abuse yeah. he has raped a woman but he would not hit her yeah like thank so, god yeah, wait at that point he's just like yeah okay um sure <laughs> this is another one it's after uh internal affairs comes to his house and takes his gun away and he says a man without a gun is no man. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> so bad. I, my pick has to go to shoot him again. They're so still dancing. That's yeah. yeah that's enough. another one. That's him and exhibit is uh, the scene where they're in the car together and cage is like, give me a cut of that and everything. And he's like, I'll kill you. I'll kill you all to the break of dawn. Yes. <laughs> to the break of dawn. I, I actually <laughs> do. I do want to give it to that. I'm not going to lie. That's a great. Scene. That's a really good one. We're going to highlight that one in a second. That, that the, the soul still dancing. <laughs> You have I, a you have a pick, Javi. I I was between that, the easy, 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 easy. Because yeah. I'm not easy E. <laughs> but uh ultimately I have to go with it's kind of a good moment too. When uh right after he goes to this restaurant that exhibits eating at and he like pulls him outside and he asks him, he like tells him, Oh, I'm gonna work for you, I'm gonna I'm gonna do your thing, right? And he says, How how can I trust or Oh, he asks him, so you don't care about those murders anymore? He says, look at me. Now look at you. I never did. <laughs> I had that one written down too. That's like, that's a fucking dope line. Like, yeah. That is- that, yeah, that rocks. That's cool yeah, that's, as fuck. That was a good one. Also, uh, I think, um, oh, there's so many good ones. I have to honorable mention when he shakes down the ladies and he has that little monologue. I am working on about an hour and a half of sleep and... I'm trying to be courteous and I'm really starting to think that it's getting, keeping me from being effective. Mm. And then right after that, which is also a honorable mention from Brett. That's just a really good pick. Cause it says so much. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ruthless. And it kind of says a lot about him. Also the fact that that was him trying to be courteous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that scene has, if we can transition to the next category, the best cage moment. Uh, one of mm. my picks for best moment. Yeah, which that's is definitely when he, a nominee. When he slowly closes the door. Yes, and he reveals, <laughs> reveals himself in the corner of the room. Oh my God. It's so good. Um, <laughs> he's like so slouched great. into the corner as he's pushing the door. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, he's got the fucking electric oh, shaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like so good. Dude. It's so good. Oh, that man. that was that line and that whole sequence was one of my nominees for best scene. Um couple of the other nominees for best scene. I mentioned one of them. Uh it's also gonna come up in a later category in just a second, but the the prostitute and the schlub uh dude at the very beginning of the movie. We haven't talked enough about the bookie. So I'm going to nominate this for a best scene. 
it's uh whenever he first meets him in the bar and he goes what's the spread on louisiana arkansas for louisiana <laughs> <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> Minus the four for a dime. <laughs> um, oh, I think, I mean, I, Ooh. the height of like my week was him, uh, his monologue to exhibit about the football game. Like that was, just, that, yeah, that's, that was the highlight of my life <laughs> with the ant. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, that was like peak acting where like you were watching him. Like, I don't know what is happening right now. Just yeah. that whole scene with exhibit at his house. Like a gazelle. Like an elk. <laughs> that whole up. scene is incredible. Touchdown. Touchdown. <laughs> I, that whole scene is it because I, we could pick literally any line from this scene. It could be a nominee for best line, which is like, the perfect like thing for this category another thing that we even talk about one of the lines is just like i'm not worried about you so you i'll be concerned about me because i'm not concerned you're concerned so don't don't be concerned because i'm not really concerned yeah there was yeah a lot of that there's it's, so many in this movie this is really an incredible showing yeah, yeah. literally nicholas cage on crack like when you <laughs> you can't not this movie is Nick Cage on crack on crack <laughs> on heroin on crack. <laughs> I I got to go with the exhibit the one for the winner though just because top to bottom that scene is perfection. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I, um, I I I yeah. will stand for the prostitute bit at the beginning of the movie. Don't worry, that's coming up in the next category that we have <laughs> on here. For um, scene, I, it's like stuck between the casino scene. And, when he's just uh, walking around the casino. Yeah, I just love that. I love that so really much. Really good. You get a good look at his like how he's walking around and everything. I just love every part of that. That's like that's the best Herzog moment in the movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess then yeah for Cage it has to go to him shaking down these two old little ladies and just <laughs> terrorizing them. Oh, that's so good. There's <laughs> yeah. too many, man. It's too hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to pick one. So we'll pick all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, how many cages out of 10? 10. Oh, wait, I skipped good cage or bad cage. Good. Excellent. Yeah, incredible cage. He's not doing what the script calls for. He's making it a different movie, but he's making it a better movie for top, my money. Top five cages of this entire series. I think this is a 10. I think this is a worthy 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, if, so they not a, not a strong. Yeah. The other, the other cage question, Javi, is like, it's not how, uh, how good was it? It's how cagey was the performance. Mm -hmm. Like how Nick Cage was the performance out of 10. I wanted, I wanted to say 10, but I also, I was, because I knew a little bit about Vampire's Kiss, which I hadn't seen. So my it was all hinging on that. Dude, so my answer was so going to be nine. Is, I think that this is a 10 because we had Face Off as a 10. Uh, Vampire's Kiss is like a 47 out of 10 is the uh, thing okay. with that performance. So yeah. it's like it's, if it you cap out at 10. Yeah, like these are both because there are moments where he's matching, easily matching Vampire's Kiss. It's just Vampire's Kiss like. He's let him do more. He, yeah, he runs the whole because there's no one else to like pay attention to. Yeah. It's just Cage. There's yeah. no one good. <laughs> Which is why I think that another Herzog Cage collaboration could be on that caliber mm -hmm. of like I, no restraint. Yeah, I genuinely I didn't believe that we would get to this height again. And this movie it's reminiscent. It, yeah. If proved me wrong, because on top of that, it's also a more palatable movie to watch. Like it's, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's I like well shot. I was just so happy watching this movie. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was, I, right. I, um, I looked at review cause I, I was like, when I saw it, I liked it. I was really excited to hear what you guys thought. And I looked at reviews. I was like, how is this so divisive, man? But I guess, I mean, I didn't like it on my first shot. 
Yeah. You, you just have to, you have to recalibrate what you want out of it yeah. to, in order to really like yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's the thing. I mean, it's like how I, I just this past weekend watched rewatched for like the 211th time they came together and uh, I showed it to uh, my new roommate, myself and my fiance showed it to her and she had never seen it before. Ooh, and we were like talking, we were talking about like how it was a, huge colossal like bomb like nobody saw it in the theaters and it's because they poorly marketed it they made it look like this is just a rom-com and it's like no this is actually like making fun of all of those things in a lot of ways this is kind of trying to comment on the whole detective genre it's lovely all right the big one now what is the hot yogurt scene? This, this is movie? the prostitute scene. Without a doubt, he's literally having sex in this scene. So while high on heroin, <laughs> I have a thought. There is multiple beats in this scene where he looks genuinely in pain and uncomfortable, <laughs> even as he is smoking crack. Well, and the yogurt sex. was a little bit too hot. Werner was I, like, how hot do you want it? And like, he took it right off of the oven and then just poured it on us. I think this is a strictly no hot yogurt scene. Wow. Because this is he, crazy. You have to be for this to be a real hot yogurt moment. Yeah. It implies that cage is aroused and mm. it, it, it implies that he is pleased. So, and his acting in the scene is the opposite of that. So are he's you saying, are you saying like, Anytime that he's on that pure crack is a hot yogurt moment. Specifically, <laughs> the exhibit crack yep. at the end. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That time, the, like, whenever yogurt. he's on that shit, he is dick on hard. Dude, the shots, <laughs> the shots of him looking at the breakdancer spirit man, that's high yogurt. That's a hundred percent hot wow. yogurt. That is full hot yogurt. This is the I best. Love it. This is like a courtroom case you're presenting. Yeah. You are actually I now I feel bad that I didn't actually want to give the prostitute scene anything else because I was saving it, thinking this was the lock to go here. But we might have to double dip on the um, exhibit scene. Do you, are you familiar with the hot yogurt with what that is? I have heard, and it was I before I watched this movie again. I was kind of like, "Oh man, I don't know how how sexual he gets in this. This is probably gonna be tough to pick." I mean, he has outright sex in the movie. I love what you said. I think you're totally right because yeah, it's about yeah. him and the drugs in this movie. I was gonna I, say the, something similar because when he's when he's really drugged out, like it it's better than sex mm-hmm. to him. The, you the have only a lucky thing. crack pipe. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> The, the only other scene right. I would have considered is when he talks to a the policewoman played by Fruza Bulk. I liked her a lot when he's trying to get that ticket squashed. Yeah, I wanted and more. She's of like, yeah, she was great, and yeah. she's like dirty talking to him, and he's like, <laughs> like out of it. He's like falling asleep. She's like, yeah, you horny, and he's like, yeah. What do you need? Me no, to you're do not. You're feel better. Yeah, and he's like, well, can you like steal some crack for me? <laughs> like that is the opposite yeah. of hot yogurt scene exactly. because he's just like, I'm not aroused. Yet. That's what I'm talking about. Like this hot yeah. pop is in her yeah. underwear on top of him, and he's just like not into it yeah. at all. That's a cold gelato scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like even that might no, do a yeah. little something. You have to pick. Yeah, it's like a cold concrete scene, just like yeah. bare feet, <laughs> unset concrete. Yeah, 
That's fair. So recaging, recaging couches uh, is tough. I have, really... a pitch. I have a pitch, and he has not ever gone to this level. But I think somebody who could channel this inside of him because he is in reality an insane person. What if Tom Cruise decided, like, I'm gonna fucking go for this? <laughs> it would not be the I don't, same. I don't know the. The thing is, there's no one you could cast to get this movie. But if you wanted it to be the movie it was supposed to be and actually be very good, you would put Denzel in this role because yeah. then you would actually you, like him. You just do training day. Except yeah, Evan Mendes also. Yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> Easy peasy. I, like that's that's the easiest one if you want the original idea. But no one else is bringing what Cage has. I, I, you know, Tom Cruise. I, I think I think Tom I'll give Cruise, you a little more credit. I think that he could get like the thing is that we have not seen this. But like, if he brings, it's the manic energy of like Jerry Maguire. But like, if he was able to go full unhinged with that energy, yeah, I think that I. I think that that's a serviceable answer. I think I said the same thing for Vampire's Kiss because we were like, this is an un, like this is an impossible thing to recast. But if anything, I would like to see what Tom Cruise would do with this role. Yeah, go ahead, Javi. I'd I'd love to see Tom Cruise like lean into his unhinged side, but I yeah. feel like. I don't know. I feel like he likes, he wants to be loved so much. No, he does. And we need, it, it, it's a weird point in Tom Cruise's life. Like we can't get 2021 Tom yeah. Cruise because he's too conservative with his roles. He only does Mission Impossible movies now. Um, maybe that's how we reboot. We make Bad Lieutenant Mission Impossible. Ooh. Um, so, but I, I was thinking like, what if we get Tom Cruise's energy in the Oprah interview of him jumping on the couch and everything for that? exactly yeah yeah i could see it i you know i like i like your case like tough ass it. it's just yeah it's just an impossible question to yeah. truly answer um as always though i will give the answer to the worst possible casting for this role and the answer is of course anthony mackie <laughs> <laughs> would do poorly i, tries to be I nice see boy. i think paul walker would be pretty goddamn awful in this role disagree because paul walker is only good when he's going nuts He's bad when he's having normal conversations. You know what I mean? And also, mm -hmm. it'd be very funny. No, you know, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Werner Herzog. <laughs> Yo, Werner Herzog. Werner That's good. That's good. He would slay. I, I feel like it's kind of a lazy answer because he's good in everything. Also, rest in peace, but Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I thought that, yep, he can, I, he I can just, be crazy on drugs. I, I love think that he's of, like... He's too charismatic, though, is wait, the problem. Wait, 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 hold up. So you're saying you want that Tom Cruise crazy energy, but like more evil, like off the rails. Yes. Um, mm. Mark Wahlberg. 1000%. Mark Think about in The Departed. He comes mm -hmm. in so hot. He's yeah. so like overheated all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. I could see it working. It wouldn't be this good. It wouldn't be like this. Well, but. yeah. Here's the thing is that uh, how many leading Mark Wahlberg performances do you truly love? Well, that's because he's doing these like down the middle shit ass movies like Spencer mm. Confidential. I don't really care for his acting. I do care for his personal politics. Do you think that Nick Cage thinks that if he was on uh, the flight during 9-11, that things have gone down a little bit differently like Mark Wahlberg does? Um, no, he would have been asleep on on pills Nick, yes i think he thinks it would have gone different but i think he wishes that i think he could have he thinks he could have done a better job crashing the plane yeah <laughs> no he, he'd be like i'd go full con air on them i'd, I'd infiltrate <laughs> and be like i'm one of you i'm also a terrorist um i have another nominee for worst recaging daniel radcliffe <laughs> <laughs> 
good one. He's just like mid Harry Potter. He's like, I got this, guys. Like <laughs> Man, I'm thinking about who's around and like, was it 2009? Mm. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Trying Maybe. to like not. So I here's one for recasting the Val Kilmer role. Put Steve Buscemi in there. I want Steve Buscemi <laughs> as a crooked That's cop. Good. I like that. Give me, give yeah, me Steve great. Buscemi as a crooked cop. Anything. He's just like, ah, what? I I like to do cocaine. I don't know what you want. <laughs> you got anyone else, Harvey? For for worst casting, I thought about it a little bit. Maybe Aaron Paul. Because I thought that like, too because like he can't. He he's proven that he can't lead. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel and, bad because I love I want to see him do well, but I also um he's okay in um El Camino. I do like that movie. Yeah, but but like, he's also you know he's not the best actor in it. Yeah, like to see him go like full and hinged and really threatening, and for me to be genuinely like scared of what he's gonna do next, I don't know if I could. Yeah, the whole the reason it works in Breaking Bad is because it's fake. Like there's a veneer where like he's secretly just a little kid inside, and so you're supposed mm-hmm. to not fully buy how how badass he is, you know? Right. Yeah. I the, also I will say the bonus of having Steve Buscemi in there is that he could also play the iguana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could. He could. He could. Could he do the song though? A reptilian he hero. So, <laughs> so, so versatile. Good. So much range. Yeah. Um, I think that Leonardo DiCaprio would be amazing. He would rule. Ooh. You know, I want to say no, but the Ludes in Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. He's very funny on drugs. He, I like it. Be funny. That's a good one. Not even the ludes, but just, just the crack. The crack scene with Jonah Hill. We've talked about Leo before for these things. I think that Leo's just too charismatic. Is the problem? Like Nick Cage is not. Right. Char- this guy somebody, is supposed to be. You have to get somebody who's unhinged <laughs> and also completely not charismatic at all, because that's um, the charm of Nick Cage. Yeah, it's, that's. I mean, Nick, Tom Cruise still has some charisma to him. That's the problem with that. What about Adam Sandler? <laughs> Let's go full and cut gems with it. <laughs> you know, someone who could be really cool, it would have to be calibrated a little bit differently. But um, Colin Farrell, I think, mm-hmm. would work really well Ooh. here. I he has played characters like this before. You know, Miami Vice. That's that's a 50 a 50 shot, though. He can he could deliver some shitty takes. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the fun of Miami Vice, though, is that he is kind of on purpose at the whole hey, time. Hey, look, I don't want to hear any Miami Vice slander on this podcast. I this is a Michael Mann pro podcast. I think it makes it good, you know? He's, I actually think, oh, I got to... <laughs> <laughs> I love... Collateral? I watched, <laughs> Collateral is good. I watched the Miami Vice show, and it's so campy, but it's so it's different. So, from the, it's, yeah, you're talking so. about the, C, uh, the CBS like procedural show? Oh yeah, Big time. dude. That show is not, not. Uh, yeah, it's almost I, like they shouldn't have made a movie like twenty years after the show got canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good movie though. It's, um, a, it's a very, it's a fun movie. I don't even know if it's a good yeah. movie, but goddamn, is it fun? <laughs> All right, like Any man. Uh, any other thoughts on Bad Lieutenant? Colon Port of Call, New Orleans. Blapaco. <laughs> I will say the first time that uh, I've seen a detective have a physical hunch while chasing his hunches <laughs> is really nuts. great. It's great. I thought about that today. I was really happy about it. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm happy for you for that. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> I don't know. I still wonder about his arc. I guess that's the thing I'm left with on this movie. That's the thing that kind of sticks out, but yeah, that's that was my question because I'm still thinking about it. He doesn't deserve a goddamn thing, but it's like in the at the very last shot is like, 
what happens there? Like, is that the end for him? Well, like, is he going to overdose? There's the like next three day? endings to this movie is one of kind of the, because it's just like, mm-hmm. ah, he's getting good. Oh, he's sober now. Oh, wait, no, he's not sober at all. It's just yeah. like, I, I, what were you going to say, Javi? I, well, um, what I was saying to you guys before about how it reminded me of American Psycho, just that kind of like, you think it's going to go away, but at the end, like, because of the world he's in, it just like nothing happens. Yeah, he's just like no, he's I'm just still like, out here. Yeah, that is that is kind of noirish though, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a that's a theme that's cyclical, like darkness. Yeah. Right, exactly. Kind of town. It's like I, they don't end happy. <laughs> yeah, it's part of New Orleans, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still a cop? Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I I still am grappling with what I would genuinely actually rate this movie as opposed to like how I feel about it. Right. I um, think look like for seven. like a letterbox man, I like Vampire's Kiss, that's a five-star movie. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It's a perfect it's film. Just, it filled me with more joy than any movie I've seen in Yeah, years. that's the thing. The issue is like Subjective. I would recommend yeah. this movie over movies that technically do a better job. Like for like Lord of War, for example, like has a lot a shitload of crap i actually you know that one doesn't do a better job but that's a movie where we yeah. like we were in the middle of it if it were good or bad and no one was saying it's great or it's awful this is a movie you only think it's great or it's awful and i would recommend it mm. a million times over load of war you know what i mean so yeah. uh go ahead and watch it and let us know listener yeah i think i think the the factor is like you know how much do you want to lean on the subjectivity of it because if if you know, nothing's stopping anybody from rating a movie just based on how much fun they had with it, despite of like how or how much fun they did not have with it. Right. Despite See of like how the quote inside letterbox reviews. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Despite of like how quote unquote good it is or well made it is. Um, I think it's great. I would I would recommend and just know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and hopefully uh you can know what you're getting yourself into with this podcast as we wrap up and you listen to all the other great episodes that we have in our archives go if if you're new to this you know uh what what an episode to be new to you know but uh check out we've two over 250 episodes for you to listen to so go in the archives are you like trying to sort of soften the blow of this episode after the episode yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. like if i you, know you've listened to whole, literally everything this like two hour um, podcast um, now we'll I, tell you this i did want to say that we mentioned it last week but at this point we've we're already in the thick of it tribeca film festival 2021 we've been watching lots of movies from the festival oh, yeah. virtually and interviewing filmmakers so starting in the next couple days those episodes are going to be released these conversations these interviews so stick around for some good stuff from your boys from tribeca Uh, a lot of work and props to you hunter for making it happen because you're the one who got us the press passes and who set up all the interviews yeah of course guys i'm trying to get us that fucking capital c clout mm-hmm. um, so far so good yeah so far so good been a lot of great movies that i've seen so far a lot of great discussions with filmmakers um yeah it's been a fun time uh javi any last thoughts for the listeners anything you want to plug uh check out some neo-noirs they're about financial decline we were seeing a whole lot of that so i find that very a therapeutic one way or another watch the wire if you can 
Um, but yeah. Where can they find you online if they want to? I am at regmr13 on Twitter. Solely retweets of ironic things that I find on the internet. Yeah, Resident Evil Gamer 13. So oh, that you all remember. Hell yeah, brother. Nice. What are your thoughts on 8? I enjoy it. I love that they called back to 4 because that was my introduction to the series. So 4 is the goat. So Yeah, it's it's hard not to uh, compare it, but I did enjoy it. I played it yeah. twice, like back to back. So Damn. Yeah, okay. it's hard for me to get into things, get, get into new games lately. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, we will hopefully have you again very, very soon once we're out awesome. of Cage Land as new movies come out. Um, and yeah, check out all our Tribeca stuff. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Email us, follow us, and donate if you're able to. Thanks to all you beautiful donors for donating. Next week, we got our last Cage, the grand finale. Mm. We're talking kick ass. Kick ass. You ever seen Kick Ass, Javi? Love Kick Ass. Yeah. I love it. I'm so excited. I will be tuning in. I'm excited for the Tribeca stuff. I'm Hell stoked. Yeah. Um, but thanks so much for having me on, guys. This is awesome. Of course. Uh, of yeah, course. thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you yeah, for listening. Definitely. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.